0: Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 Rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning.
1: We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler-free, so we welcome fans new and old to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season two.
0: I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm
1: your host, Mia Sabanko.
0: Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 2, Episode 21, Apocalypse Not. It originally aired on May eleventh, 2000 and had 4.38 million viewers.
1: All right. Getting close to the end here. I know. (laughs) This is a very good episode. I'm excited to start talking about it. So we start out in the manor. And it starts with the sisters, all three of them walking into the kitchen with bags of new shoes. And you can see they spent a fun day together, a sister day, they're talking about it. And Prue says, it's nice to bond over something other than vanquishing for once. And Phoebe says, yeah, but I've got to hand it to those pesky little demons. They sure have brought us closer together. And then behind them, we see this news broadcast on TV about a street brawl and uh, another block party And Prue turns it off and she's like, doesn't it seem like this stuff has been happening a lot lately? Phoebe's like, random social violences is encouraged by a general decline in ethical thinking. Well, according to my sociology professor, he said, we don't have to think about the big question, or we don't think about the big questions enough. And Prue says, the big question is, how did you stay awake through his class? (laughs) But Phoebe says that she actually enjoyed the class and bought a book filled with deep profound questions which could make a good bar game at p3 and piper's like oh great solve the problems of the world while doing jello shots and phoebe starts looking through this book and she's like all right what if a building is on fire do you say five strangers or one sibling and pru's like i thought you said these were hard questions that's easy sibling and piper agrees and phoebe's like ditto And then she's like, okay, my turn, my turn. And Prue takes the book and they're going to go look for more questions. But then the bell rings. So Piper goes to get it and tells her, tells them to wait for her to keep on playing. I love the cute little sister moment in the beginning, starting off on a nice little scene moment between them.
0: Yeah. I feel like this episode is kind of doing a really good job of setting up something that will come up later in the episode, which is kind of like, them finding this like really fun friendship together and we'll see that coming up more and more especially when like Leo kind of starts noting some things about like how close they've become lately we also are starting to get this idea that something strange is going on but they're not sure exactly what it is and of course this ethical question that comes up and will come up again later at the end of the episode exactly so then we go to the entryway and piper opens the door and it's leo and they kiss and he, she asks kind of like oh why don't you just orb in, whatever and he says he's trying to respect their space since they've been so tight these days and the sisters walk over and they say hi to him too and then prue asks if he's there for all of them or just piper and he says it isn't business he wanted to take piper to dinner before the paula coles show and Piper says that they've been hanging out all day, having quality non-magic time, and is kind of like, oh, Leo, like, no. Um, and he's like, oh, it's no problem, like, we can hang out another time. But Prue says that she should go, and then her and Phoebe will go to P3 with the book, and they're going to have margaritas, and they're just, like, you know, doing something, just the two of them. And they go and run off to get ready, and Piper then says it's a date, and smiles at Leo, and they head out.
1: Poor Leo here, starting to feel a little... uh Pushed aside, I guess. Yeah, it is nice to see how close the sisters are getting and kind of that bonding that magic has brought them that we've seen so many times throughout the show. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I also feel like this is like such a real thing when you get to like a certain point in a relationship. Like, you know, you're used to spending a lot of time together, right? Because you've been in kind of that honeymoon phase, but then like, you know, they start wanting to hang out with like their other friends or their family again. And it's kind of like, oh, right. I forgot. It's not just the two of us in the world. So I thought that that felt really like realistic to me too.
1: Yeah. No, it definitely does. It it does tend to happen that way. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, not too much going on here. Piper and Leo, glad they're doing okay. And Leo's very understanding always has been so
0: yeah definitely still has my heart yep I'm still team
1: Piper and Leo for sure so now we are in it's kind of like a little later and we're in Piper's cars like on the road and Piper and Leo are sitting there and Piper's like I didn't mean that I didn't enjoy being with you all I meant was that Phoebe and Prue would have enjoyed the restaurant too And then they drive up a little and the car behind them starts beeping aggressively at them. And Leo's like, I wish you were normal sisters. They're never this close. And she's like, It's a problem that we are. And he's like, No, it just seems that sometimes I'm breaking up a great party when I want to be alone with you. And Piper says, Leo, I have room in my heart for, I'm sorry, I have room for all of you in my life and in my heart. And then the honking is like in the background going this whole time. This guy is just, nonstop honking at them and then the guy gets really mad and goes around them and yells learn how to drive and as he's driving out immediately he runs into a car full of fruit and knocks everything over and then those two drivers get out and start fighting in the street and then other people start joining in and things are kind of escalating and someone throws a watermelon at Piper's car and it explodes and then she and Leo get out of the car And a guy goes to throw one at her and she freezes everyone in the street except for her and Leo. And then all of a sudden they look over and see that this guy in a green tie who's standing there taking notes also doesn't freeze and starts looking around confused. And then they kind of notice each other and he's like, oh, crap, and starts running away. And Piper's like, who the hell is this guy? So she starts chasing after him. And Leo's like, wait, Piper, you don't know what he is. But he follows after And then around the corner, they're all running, and this guy jumps in the air, and a horse appears, and a green cape, and he kind of rides off into it and disappears altogether. And then Piper and Leo get to the alley that he vanished in, and don't see him anywhere, because he's gone. So then we see the guy appear in this random forest on his horse riding and three other guys on horses appear their capes are red, black and yellow and this guy's green and they all ride off on their horses as lightning crashes behind them.
0: Yeah, so something dark and interesting is going on with them.
1: <laughs> Seems pretty intense and we'll notice a little later the kind of the minimal effort the sisters go to in deciding who these guys are, you know, and it's a little weird to me like Piper he didn't freeze. I don't know why they think that he's some lower level, but whatever. We'll get to that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we could definitely talk about that. To go back to kind of the Piper and Leo moment. So one thing he says, you know, I wish you were normal sisters. They're never this close. I feel like most sisters I know are literally best friends and do everything together. So like, I don't know what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, maybe it's the fact of, I guess, them being involved in every aspect of each other's lives but even normal sisters are typically like that at least a lot of the ones that I know I mean I know we're all very close I'm sure you and you and Ash and then me and Caitlin since we live together and yeah but like I'm
0: thinking about it like me and Ash hang out all the time like we talk all the time like we're literally best friends. We hang out with all of each other's friends. Like, I feel like the only time sisters aren't friends is, like, when they're younger. But, like, by the time you get to adulthood, I feel like most sisters end up being best friends with each other by adulthood.
1: Yeah, that's that's how it tends to go. It's how, it, I mean, yeah, me getting older and Caitlyn, too. Like, we hang out all the time. <laughs> Caitlyn is most definitely my best friend, you know? Yeah. I mean, I get it in the sense that, like, I'll still spend time with my boyfriend, and she will too, and everything. But, like, yeah, I don't know why Leo would say that, because it's, in real life, that's, sisters are that close. Yeah.
0: And maybe it kind of, like, ties back to the fact that, like, they're both also busy all the time with, like, their magical destinies. But a lot of times that overlaps, so they get to spend time together fighting evil, as well as, like just their little dates and stuff
1: right exactly and that's kind of the same for the sisters i mean they also most of the time they're spending together is over these demons that they have to fight together
0: yeah exactly which i think again is why in that first scene they were so happy to kind of have this like non-magical like day of just being sisters like they would if they weren't you know the charmed ones exactly exactly also, as far as, like, the guy honking the whole time, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then he's, like, "Learn how to drive. I'm like, why is that literally what I say to everyone who does something to piss me off on the road, though?
1: <laughs> me, too. I, I say that all the time. Learn how to fucking drive. <laughs> I don't get it. Especially when it's older people. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, should, you should know this by now. But yeah, this, like, street fight got really aggressive really quick, and (laughs) this guy's flipping out on Piper for what? Although I do wonder what, I mean, what was it? Was she waiting to turn onto the road or something? Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure it was a red light, and he just wanted to go. Oh. (laughs) Learn how to drive. She stopped at a red light. (laughs) That's comical. (laughs)
0: But, um, you know, as far as Piper chasing after him without thinking, I have some comments on some of the things Leo says throughout this episode, but I feel like he's kind of in the right here. Like, you shouldn't probably shouldn't chase after someone if you don't know what it is you're fighting, especially when you're by yourself, not with the other sisters.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree, but I feel like that's something that they all kind of do, and... I mean, it's just their instinct, like, to go after it and find out what's going on, even though it isn't quite what they should be doing. But I do agree that Leo has a better perspective on this.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, Piper is coming at it from a more, like, I have to act perspective, whereas, like, Leo's job as a white lighter is to kind of, like, give advice and to think. So I think, like, he tends to have the more logical reactions, whereas the sisters do tend to have that more... Emotional um, I have to do my duty kind of
1: reaction, yeah, exactly. It's kind of different for each of them because of the way that each of their jobs are. I mean, Leo's very peaceful free will advice, think before we act versus the sisters who are all about the actual action, you know,
0: yeah. so then after that, we have the theme song, and then we go to p three and it's nighttime. And Prue and Phoebe are watching Paula Cole perform by the bar, and they're both smiling. And she finishes, and that's when Piper and Leo walk in, and Phoebe's like, oh, the show was awesome, like, sucks that you guys missed it. And Piper says they saw an awesome show themselves, and Prue's like, I thought you guys went to dinner. And Piper says, we did, and then for dessert, we did a little demon hunting. There was this road rage thing, and it was completely out of control, so I froze the entire street, except for a guy in a suit. Leo says, your sister doesn't listen to me, so we chase him down into an alley. Nothing. He vanished into thin air. And Piper says that she isn't sure if he caused the road rage or if he was attracted by it. And then Prue's kind of like, oh, he's probably some lower-level mischief maker, and that maybe that's why the city's been so crazy lately. And they decide that they're going to go back to the house and look for him in the Book of Shadows.
1: Right. So as of now, they're kind of all on the same page. It doesn't seem that big of a deal to them. Obviously, we find out throughout the episode that it's a little more serious than that. But I guess this is kind of to, like, push the story forward, push the idea forward of them being closer and not really listening to Leo and three against one kind of thing which we see happen throughout this episode a lot. Yeah. Aside from that, not too much to say here. I mean, they're kind of just explaining to them what happened, going to figure out what it was. So now we are in the forest and we see the four men in suits with each color's, like, tie with each one of them. They're all by a tree. And the one in red asks what happened. And the green one's like, I was out in the field and things are looking good. The public is responding, but we might have a problem. And they start arguing and they're like, they're like, what, you screwed up and all this. And then he says that a freezing witch saw him and caught him working and chased him. And that he thinks that she and he was like, oh, she thought she could actually stop me and then starts laughing. And then the red one says that is a problem. And Green's like, it's fixable. I think we can still move forward with our plan and still make our deadline. Then the one in yellow is like, the deadline's at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. The source is going to, and the black guy cuts him off and says, find her and kill her. And red says that they think they should set a trap for her. So obviously on both sides, they don't realize quite how strong the other one is. I mean, these four men think that it's just Piper and that she's just a simple freezing witch. And then on the other end, they think that that one guy is just him and that he's a lower level mischief maker, demon.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they're very like, you know, underestimating each other, I think is something we're seeing on both sides, um, which is really interesting. And I really like the efficiency of these guys. Like they have this very strict schedule and we'll see that come up throughout the episode. And they kind of very much run themselves like an organization, which I think is very different from how the sisters run themselves as, you know, a family, as a unit that loves each other.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's definitely much different. You can see throughout how much they are very business-like, professional for demons, and like you said, basically run it like an organization.
0: So then we're back at the manor, and we're in the attic, And the sisters are looking through the book, and Piper tells Phoebe to stop when they get to the Demon of Cruelty, and they start reading, but then they realize that she's a woman, so obviously that's not the correct one. Then Prue and Leo walk in and ask how it's going. They said that they found six potential matches, but they aren't sure which one he is. Piper says, my best guess is the Demon of Anarchy, and Leo's kind of like, you can't guess. It's very dangerous to engage an enemy unless you know who he is and what he wants. And Piper's like, Leo, honey, we have done this a couple times. And Prue says, it would be great to know every single thing about our enemies, but that's not always the case. And Phoebe says, and if this guy is causing riots, we can't just hang out and wait for inspiration, you know? And he's like, okay, three against one. I was worried, that's all. And they decide that they're going to go with the Demon of Anarchy, And that the vanquish seems easy enough, they just need to figure
1: out where he'll be next and find him. Right, so here, kind of still pushing the plot of them being close, them having that connection, and kind of being against Leo. And Leo trying to be the reasonable, rational one while they're just trying to get this over with kind of thing.
0: (laughs) yeah exactly. And I do enjoy this scene because, um I actually in this scene very much agree with Leo like we shouldn't just be guessing which demon we're going after because if you're preparing a specific vanquish for the wrong demon, it's not gonna work, right. So I think I'm very team Leo in this conversation. but I also do understand where the sisters are coming from in that they can't do nothing, right?
1: yeah, I definitely i I definitely can see both sides and the way they kind of egg each other on makes it easier for them to all act that way but at the same time I feel like I've never really seen them guess before like usually they do their research to figure out what it is so it does feel a little out of character for them so it was still a enjoyable scene but I don't know that it felt real to them you know what I mean
0: yeah I I wasn't consistent
1: usually like it they're would be very one about
0: thing that. if they made a mistake right like oh we we're sure it's this demon but they were wrong it's another thing to be like well there are six it could be let's just pick one
1: yeah they've never done that before ever like I don't... <laughs> so it did feel a little out of character but i i did enjoy this scene and i i think i am on leo's side with this one too poor yeah. guy's just trying to get his point across
0: no literally and they're all like ganging up on him i know (laughs) so then we have a little scene where we're at the police station and also at the manor it's a phone call between daryl and prue and we see at the police station that it's totally packed it's very busy all different people being arrested he says that you know they've been seeing an upswing in violence and he asks if all the trouble is because of you know what and Prue says possibly and then asks where the latest hotspot is because that's kind of where they're figuring the guy in the suit will be.
1: I do love Daryl's, I do love Daryl's slight presence in each episode. It cracks me up every time.
0: I know. His quick little, like, cameo.
1: It's always something, like, witty or, like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's always got this little attitude to him and I love it.
0: I know. I'm like, when are we going to get, like, a real Daryl scene again? I miss you, Daryl.
1: I know. We need, like, a whole Daryl episode. Ep- Daryl needs his own episode. And, you
0: know, because of the way they make TV today, like, if this were a present-day show, you know that there would be, like, one Daryl-centric episode where we get his full backstory and, like, everything in there.
1: Yeah. That is how shows, I feel like, do that a lot nowadays versus here we just are left to wonder about poor Daryl and his life yeah we never figure out when he's like when he's like hey I'm completely screwed right now because of what you guys did and they're like "Ah, so sorry Daryl I gotta go bye we never find out like did you work it out like (laughs) did you make it through that Daryl like no literally we just assume so because the next episode we see you and you're still at work but I know (laughs) like poor Daryl is figuring shit out for himself I
0: love him and I will say like I don't know what it was about him on the phone in that scene but like something about his voice was like extra sexy and I was like ooh Daryl extra sexy I love it because I do like his voice in general but like something about the way he was talking in that specific scene I was like ooh ooh And it's weird because, like, growing up, Daryl was, like, never really a character I had a crush on. But I do have a little crush on him. I'll say that.
1: Really? I I just, he just cracks me up to me. (laughs) Like, always has. Always will. Maybe it's
0: just, like, now, because, like, I feel like when I was young, even though, like, a lot of the other guys in shows I liked were older, like, I always saw him as more of, like, a dad figure, but, like, now that I'm, like, older, I like that. Like, that isn't something where I'm, like, oh, Daryl's a dad, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, you don't have to see it weird like that. Exactly. Exactly. So now we are somewhere else in the city on the street and the jeep pulls up to the site and there's like sirens and helicopters and lots of stuff going on, a whole riot, like fire cops, cars, fighting, people throwing shit, all that. And the sisters get out and start walking towards it and Prue's like, don't freeze it. Don't let him know that we're here. And so they all keep walking through and Piper spots him and points him out and then he sees them and starts running away, and Prue starts chasing after him, and then Piper and Phoebe follow behind, and then they get to an alley, and the other guys are standing there, and he tells the others that there are three of them, and Prue's like, wait, there's four of you, and then the guy in red moves towards her, and she tries to use her power on him, but it doesn't work, so he grabs her, and she yells, and the guys start chanting, and so when the sisters come up, they start chanting too to try to get, you know, they're all trying to kill each other basically. And then Piper throws the potion that they had made. Lights glow around Prue and the guy in red in the middle, and they both like teleport or disappear into the ground. And everyone's very confused. The other three guys are are super confused, and so is Phoebe and Piper. And then those guys teleport out and Phoebe's like, what the hell just happened? And Piper's like, I think we just vanquished our sister.
0: So devastating. Can you imagine if you thought you vanquished your sister?
1: I know. And it happens so fast, too. You know, they're all just chanting together and then, boom, she's gone. <laughs> yeah.
0: So this is another one of those, like, chaos scenes that I feel like is done really well in the show. Um, I really enjoy this scene. The guy in red, so, I know you didn't watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but he plays one of the season one villains, so, like, all I could think of the entire time, I'm like, that's Luke, that's Luke, that's Luke. (laughs) That's Luke.
1: (laughs) The guy in red. Anyways, yeah, everybody's very confused here. Nobody really knows what's going on, and they kind of don't have information about each other, each side, or anything, so kind of just a shit show right now for both sides
0: yeah and we see kind of that confusion of you know there are three of them there are four of them like they're figuring it out as they go and i'm really interested because you know this scene is obviously setting up what's going to be the main plot of the episode which is the sisters trying to get prue back and these mysterious guys in suits trying to get the guy in the red tie back exactly exactly So we cut to commercial, and then we come back, and we're still in that alleyway, and Piper's like, she's gone, and Phoebe's saying, we don't know that, and Piper's like, Phoebe, we killed Prue, and, you know, Phoebe's telling her to stop it, she's like, I don't want to hear that, and Piper says, you think I want to say it? I'm the one who made the potion, it's my fault, and Phoebe's saying that they should have faith that their magic has never let them down before, And that, you know, if Prue were dead, we would see her spirit, right? Maybe we just brought the wrong spell. Something weird happened. Maybe it just sent them someplace else. She thinks that they can figure it out. She's like, we have Leo and we have the book and we have each other. We can save Prue.
1: And they both go. So this part felt pretty consistent with their characters. You know, I mean, Piper with the blaming herself and feeling guilty and worried immediately and stressed out tends to be a... uh a common thing for her whereas Phoebe even though she's just as concerned is kind of trying to keep her head on strong and keep things together and figure it out her and Prue I think are very similar in that way
0: yeah definitely and I I know it's something I've brought up before in our conversations but I think that ultimately part of the reason why Pru and Phoebe both get along so well now that we've seen them get closer at sisters but also butt heads so much is because they do have such similar personalities
1: yeah I I definitely agree Piper is for sure that middle child person where Pru and Phoebe definitely tend to clash a lot because they're so similar and even get along so well because of that same reason so
0: exactly yeah But yeah, I do feel really bad for Piper here. You know, she's, like, blaming herself, which is, you know, obviously it's not. Even if something had happened to Prue, it's not Piper's fault. It's all three of their fault. They agreed to do this spell and that it was the demon of anarchy and all that. So,
1: I know, blame yourself, Piper. What an unreasonable thing to blame herself about, too. Like, you heard that? She's like, oh, this is my fault. I made the potion. Like, what do you... You think the potion's what did it? Really? Like... (laughs) you're upset because you made the potion that you all agreed to make and you all were saying the spell they were doing it and something weird happened like it was not just because you made a potion Like <laughs> yeah so now we are in some like office building and it's the mor- next morning and there is a painting of four men on horses with those same colors surrounded by black smoke And the black one's like carrying a skull and a sword, and he kind of looks like the Grim Reaper, while the red one is dressed in armor and has a spear. Green one has horns and an axe, and the yellow one has a beard and holds a gold urn. Then we see the guys walking through the office hallway, and the yellow one says, there's no way he's dead, and so are we. The green one says he's not dead, he can't be dead. He may have shifted to another plane but he cannot be dead only the source can kill us we are the anointed ones the four horsemen of the apocalypse and the black says the source won't hesitate to kill us if we miss our deadline and they start calling out green for attracting witches and the green's like we will not fail and the black one's like other teams have failed they blew it and they paid the price and yellow says we will too if we miss our deadline and then says that he'll pick new souls to anoint and green says glad to see you two aren't giving up and then they say that they need war who is the red one that is now missing with Peru. and green is confident that they'll get him back and says that he has a plan that they need to do some research and bring him back and then in the background we see all the tvs talking about or like a couple tvs next to each other talking about issues around the world And then this countdown appears and it says apocalypse, three hours and one second. And it starts counting downwards.
0: So one thing I'll say that I notice a lot in the scenes with these guys is, you know, because they want to pay their guest stars evenly, they're doing the most to like have them finish each other's sentences and give them an even number of lines in this scene. And it's so funny to me because it just doesn't feel like a natural conversation.
1: is that why i'm
0: pretty sure that's why
1: <laughs> okay that, that makes that makes more sense because i was like it, it, it i see that a lot in these like episodes i feel like where when we have our guest stars or multiple people they like finish each other's sentences like that or talk over each other and like you said it does not feel like a natural conversation at all
0: yeah, like, you can tell Green is kind of, like, the main guest star, so he's obviously having more lines, but they're trying so hard to give, like, black and yellow an even number of lines.
1: I know. Like, they don't really need to keep repeating the same information. They're both just, I don't know, it just, it just feels like a bit much, you know?
0: Yeah. Another thing I'm wondering in this scene, because I honestly don't remember, because I remember watching this episode very, very young— Obviously, before I was really versed on like biblical like references and stuff, but I'm wondering how many like first time viewers know just from seeing that painting that they are the four horsemen of the apocalypse, or like when they pick that up.
1: Yeah, wonder how many even know what that is. You know, I I know a lot of people that have never even heard of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Really? Yeah. That's not something we ever, like, talked about in school or anything, but, like, it's kind of just a history thing that you learn if you pay attention or take that class or come across it on your own. But, yeah, I know a lot of people who've never even heard of that.
0: Yeah, and I guess, like, the main reason I do is there's so many, like, movies and TV shows I've watched that do have a lot of, like, biblical references, so I know a lot about it. Um, I also was just, like, looking up some more lore earlier today in preparation for our conversation. Just because I feel like every time they come up, it's also, like, the way they're represented is so different. Like, I never see them come up and it's, like, the same four names chosen or, like, anything like that, which is interesting to
1: me. It's always something different. I mean, even in, well, I guess mostly the only times I've seen them is in this show and then uh supernatural I one other show but I'm having a hard time remembering but yeah they're represented completely different ways in in every show that you see them
0: yeah and I will say the two that always come up are death and war it's like the others that like sometimes vary
1: really I feel like famine is
0: yeah you're right so those three so maybe it's only the last one that kind of varies Because even when I Google it, like, what comes up is death, famine, war, and conquest, which is, like, directly from the Bible. Which, like, also I have questions because I feel like
1: war and, like, strife are very similar things. I was thinking the same thing. I guess it's more of, like, a large scale. Versus, like, like smaller scale. Yeah, like, strife leading to war.
0: I guess kind that makes very- sense, yeah. Because same thing when you uh, were looking at, like, war and conquest are also
1: very similar, so. Exactly. So, not too sure, but it, it is pretty interesting, and I'm, I like that they have, like, an episode including the Four Horsemen. Yeah. And talking about them doing it. The way they bring it up here is very, like, you know, I feel like they do it a lot where they have to make it very in tune with the show so a lot of their information will be so inaccurate just to kind of work for the show
0: yeah definitely and i'll also say you know they're bringing up the source again i forgot to mention that in their first scene where they mention him but you know we get this idea that they work directly for the source so they're obviously higher level demons which also makes sense with him not being frozen or you know as we learned here there's some type of
1: anointed souls Which I don't even know what that means.
0: So to be anointed is to basically, it's a religious term, and it's to be granted like a special power through a religious ceremony, basically.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. And that's why it's kind of like, so they're not actual demons. Basically, they were like souls that were picked out, went through this ceremony, become the horsemen, and that's why if they failed, another four souls can just be picked
1: randomly. Gotcha.
0: Also, I will just say the apocalypse countdown that comes up throughout the episode is so cheesy.
1: I know. And they're, like, like weirdly close to the deadline. You know what I mean? Like, how do you- what do you mean you start the apocalypse at that time? Like, don't you have to keep- I don't know. I was a little- Well, I guess they have to meet whatever their
0: goals are but that by that time so that the apocalypse can start because like we see them throughout the episode like checking in on things all over
1: yeah yeah I guess so
0: but also like I feel like it could have been so much less cheesy if they had just had a countdown somewhere in the office as opposed to just making it appear in black on the screen yeah and like it didn't even have to say apocalypse right like have a little faith in your audience have a countdown going and later throughout the episode as we realize what they're doing is the apocalypse we'll realize what that countdown is for
1: yeah i i agree but they they don't have much faith in us we've we've learned that by now
0: that's true they've been having a little more faith in us recently but i guess that's gone in the season two second to last episode (laughs) i know so then we're in the attic and piper and phoebe are talking about the potion And Piper and Leo hug and Phoebe asks if he found anything in the book. He says that he's been through the whole thing and can't find anything that matches the four beings they described. Phoebe says, what about disappearances, botched vanquishes? And he says, there's no explanation. Piper says, but you agree that she's not dead. And he doesn't say anything and Piper starts freaking out. She's like, I can't do this. Phoebe tells me to have hope and you're telling me that there isn't any. I just need to know. Then like the wind starts blowing in the curtains and there's this like whooshing sound that comes through and Piper feels something. And Leo asks her if she's okay and she says, she's here, Prue. She went right through me. I felt her presence. It's hard to describe. But didn't you see her in the wind? And Phoebe's like, she's in the wind? She's like, no, Phoebe. It's like she spoke to me. She's alive. And Phoebe's like, are you sure? Because if she's in the wind, doesn't that mean that she's a spirit? And Leo says, no, she could be on another plane trying to break through. And Phoebe starts calling for her and says that they need to help her. And then the spirit board starts moving and it spells out help. And Phoebe asks how, and then something evil goes through her. And they see Prue's spirit and then like this red spirit start fighting each other. And as he like pushes her away from the board... And they go out the window together. And Leo says she's alive, but she's in trouble. And Piper says if she can find us, then we can find her. And Phoebe says it must be the fourth suit that's after her. Maybe the combination of our magic did this to them. And Leo says they need to figure out who the suits are. And Piper tells him to go ask his bosses, and he orbs out. And then Phoebe and Piper go back to looking in the book.
1: So here, Piper's worrying everything feels consistent thought it was cute that they included that little hug with leo where he's like i'm so sorry this is happening like that felt realistic you know but aside from that kind of the way Cruz able to get to them and they're able to see them and at least realize that she's alive i think that it worked for me
0: yeah the spirit effects are so funny though like why are they little blobs
1: <laughs> i know little blobs and like it's so funny because obviously they weren't actually there so nobody really knew what to look at but it's just so funny to think about them acting this out and like backing up and like following nothing with their eyes yeah because you can even see like where they are it does not even match up with what they're looking at like they it's so funny But But also,
0: I love, like, Phoebe's line, she's in the wind. Like, that was my favorite line in
1: the scene. (laughs) She's so confused.
0: (laughs) I also like the way, like, Leo's kind of, like, standing. Like, I notice he does it more with the other sisters than with Piper, which is probably because he's afraid of Piper because that's his, you know, girlfriend. But, like, when they question him, he's like, Phoebe, I know what I'm doing. Whereas, like, when it's Piper, he's like, oh, you're right.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's so true.
0: And it's because you know like it makes sense because like in a relationship you don't want to have authority over your partner. That's like not a good thing. But like in the real world like Leo is supposed to have that over them cuz he is their white lighter. He's supposed to guide them. So I feel like the balance in those relationships is sometimes interesting to talk about and to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, no I definitely agree. It's it's weird to find that common ground based on their jobs versus their relationship and it you can definitely see the difference in his interactions between the sisters for sure
0: yeah and I think we definitely see like a lot of struggling with that balance throughout this episode as like Leo clearly wants Piper to be on his side right and to agree with him but she keeps siding with her sisters Mm -hmm. or they keep siding with her either way
1: right so now we are back in that office building and green and yellow still haven't found anything and green says that the witches did it and that they must know and across the room we see black is talking to a guy in a white shirt who's telling him that they're losing momentum in war that peace has broken out in several areas this afternoon and he walks over to the others and he wants them to find the witches and he walks away And then on the TVs, there are messages about war, and it's just kind of changing channels, talking about war and war and war. And they realize that it's him sending them a message and trying to talk to them. And the guy in black says, hang in there, partner, we'll get you back, and then we'll punish those witches. And from the TV, we hear through the static, like, no, ceasefire, cooperation. And then Green says, wait, you want us to work with the witches? And he says, I need them to free me, or you need them to free me. Um, and then he tells them to ask the source how to find them. So here, we figure out we might have a little alliance going on. Yes, and
0: I have so much to say about the Alliance as this keeps coming up. I'm very interested in it. I think this is one of the first times in the show we're seeing good and evil working together in any way. I don't know if this is the last time we'll see it or if it's something that may come up again in the future, but I think it's a really interesting concept. And having them kind of work with counterparts of themselves, I think the last time we saw something like that was in when bad warlocks go good. Of course, they were enemies with the brothers except for Brendan in that episode, but it was the last time they had someone who was, like, truly their match, right? Not someone they could easily vanquish.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, This it's a little more difficult, and this time they have to work together. We have yet to really have evil and good work together. I mean, even in that episode, the guy was trying to be good, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas here... They still have their own agenda. They both are still against each other and yet they still have to work together in order to come to this to get what they want, basically.
0: Yeah. I also think it's cool the way that war clearly has enough power to so easily send a message, whereas it seemed like
1: it was a little more difficult for Prue. Yeah. Definitely shows a difference in uh the power levels. Mm-hmm. So
0: then we're back at the manor, we're in the conservatory, and Phoebe thinks that she figured out where Prue might be, that maybe they banished her to another plane somehow. Then she goes on to say that there are 11 planes of existence, and Piper's like, we don't have time to search 11 planes, and she's really worried that they haven't heard anything from her in a while, and that maybe they're too late. Phoebe says that they can't give up, then Leo orbs in and says that he has a message from them. He said, while I was there, they were contacted by their counterparts on the other side. These suits that you're dealing with have the highest possible connections. Their bosses talk to my bosses. They want to have a meeting with you. Drew and their partner are trapped in another world between good and evil, and the only way to release them is for good and evil to cooperate. And Piper asks if they're allowed to do that. And he says, all they told me was to give you the message and to let you decide whether you wanted to do it. And Piper looks at Phoebe and Phoebe's like, did they mention what they think we should do? And he's like, free will, it's a big thing with them. And Phoebe says, wonderful, so where's the meeting? And Leo's like, you're gonna do it? And she's like, I'm sorry, Leo, did you show up to the party late? Of course we're gonna do it. He's like, look, Phoebe, you can never get into bed with evil. You know that, it could be a trap. And then Piper is like, Leo, thank you for your opinion, but your bosses did say that they were leaving the decision up to us. Maybe you should, too. Damn, Piper, okay. And he's like, look, I can't, all right? The last time that you went up against this evil, you lost Prue. Now you're going to go up against it again? Both of you could be lost this time. And Phoebe says that they're not going to go against them. They're going to work with them. And Leo's like, but they'll betray you. This is how evil works. This is why evil loves free will so much because humans use it to follow their heart, and evil takes advantage of that. Piper asks what the options are, and Leo says that they have to try and save her by themselves. Phoebe says that they don't know how, and that she thinks that they should work with them. And Leo reminds them that they don't even know who they are. Phoebe says that we tried to find them, but they weren't in the book. He says that means that they probably aren't even demons or warlocks. Phoebe asks what they are, And he says, in the hierarchy of evil, there are several species greater than demons, ferocious, impossible to vanquish. And these went to extraordinary lengths to ask for this meeting. Who knows what will happen when the four of them are reunited? And Piper says, I don't care what happens. We just want Prue back. And Leo says, so do I, but this is not the way. And Phoebe says, Leo, it's the only way we know. We have to save Prue. And he looks between them and then kind of, like, tries to meet eyes with Piper, but there is no hope there.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a done deal at this point. <laughs> so I definitely get where they're coming from, and I see Leo's perspective as well. I love that, you know, his job is to kind of give advice and talk, and free will is supposed to be big with him too but since he's gotten such a close personal connection with these guys he's able to be like wait no don't do this though like you know what I mean yeah kind of trying to sway them in one way I thought that was funny how that went down and I'm curious to know in a position like this I mean granted they don't know just how bad these guys are and just how horrible they are which is Leo's point do you think that you would do something like this yes I think that I would too. I think that I would totally do what Piper and Phoebe are doing. I'd be like, well, we're going to work with them. Like, I don't, I don't care. You know, I, I have to save my sister.
0: Yeah. I watch like a lot of apocalypse driven stuff. And even like one of the novels I'm working on writing is set during like an apocalyptic time. And one thing that I always love is like when one character loves someone so much that they're like fuck the rest of the world, I'm saving you, that, in my opinion, is the most beautiful thing that could possibly happen. Yeah. And so, like, it's a storyline that, for me, really resonates. And I feel like if that were my position and it was someone I really loved and it was, like, save them or save the rest of the world, fuck the rest of the world.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. I 100% would have done the same exact thing. And those storylines are really interesting to me. And I feel like there are a lot of them in movies and shows, books, you know, where they have characters and storylines like that. I I think you're right. It is. It's beautiful. It really is.
0: Yeah. And I also, you know, I do get a lot of the points that Leo's making here. He's like, they're evil. They're going to betray you. Like, you don't know what they are. Like, he's right. But again, he's coming from that logical place, whereas the sisters aren't like they're yeah. coming from a place like this is prue
1: yeah it's it's completely emotional and personal for them where leo's thinking about things realistically and logically and he is 100 right and i think they even know that but they're willing to do this because they care for her so much and they love her so much and they want to do anything to get her back which is a very realistic kind of thought process mm-hmm. for people it's harder to look at things more logically it's hard to look through look past the emotions you know in the real world and in situations like that for them you can see it every time but typically it tends to work out for them so
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely but I also like the way that like early in the scene they're like well are we allowed to and then the second Leo's like oh you have free will they're like well fuck it we know what we're doing like I like how they were
1: asking but they didn't actually give a fuck (laughs) immediately had the decision made so now we cut to the park and phoebe and piper are standing there waiting and piper is worrying it's a trap and it's like you know this this is obviously the meeting spot that they were supposed to go to and then the suits teleport in together and phoebe worries too as they look around at them and the one in green says thank you for coming and you are Piper says anxious to get this over with let's go and he says are you in a hurry and Phoebe's like are you stalling and he's like do you want to get your sister back and Piper says do you want to get your friend back and then they all just kind of look around at each other and there's this intense energy between them and Green says let's do business and offers his hand to Piper which she takes and they shake hands and then this lightning flashes and a storm clouds roll in and it's like this whole big deal and they all look around.
0: So I love that. I love the drama of this scene and the way that kind of like them shaking hands kind of like brought about this like end of world type of weather. I thought that that was a really cute like idea from the director or whoever it was that came up with that. I also really like the way that they're kind of setting up this mistrust between the two groups right from the get-go, and we'll see more of that in the next scene as well.
1: Right. You can already see that um, they have this obviously weird energy. They're on opposite sides. They're both really against each other. So this is a weird moment for them. And obviously none of them have ever done this before. And I like this little banter where you can see um, kind of that charming ego side of evil where it's almost like a game to them but also they do take it serious and they are evil but they're not just like mean you know they make a very like charming and intriguing and kind of like they always are in this show these big egos versus the sisters who are obviously thinking out of like anger fear and worry and you can just kind of see the the difference between them throughout you know, their time working together.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'll have more to say, like, as we see more of Green's character, but I feel like Mm -hmm. we especially see that
1: in him. Oh, for sure.
0: So then we're back at the manor. We're in the conservatory. And Phoebe goes to, like, move a plant off the table. And the suits all, like, freak out and ask what she's doing. And she's, like, just making room. And then Green's like, of course. And Leo's looking at him suspiciously. And then he reaches into his pocket, and Phoebe steps back and, like, gasps, and he, like, pulls out a pen and says that he's taking notes, and she's like, of course. And then Piper comes in with a notebook, and Leo walks up to her, and he's like, you know, it's bad enough you're working with them, but you bring them here, she says, to the manor, where we're strongest and the safest, or maybe we should have gone to their place, not that they offered. He's like, and why not? Why give up home field advantage unless you're hiding something? And Piper's like, of course they're hiding something. They're evil. And she walks over to the table, and Phoebe thinks that they could, they should all reconstruct exactly what happened to figure out what sent Prue and Red away. So they do it with, like, these little figures, and they keep, like, arguing, and then finally they piece it together and realize that they had formed a pentagram, and Black's, like, our lucky sign. And Phoebe says, actually, a pentagram is a sign of good energy until your side stole it. And she says that they formed a magical energy field, a vortex with Prue and Red in the middle. And Phoebe says, if we can figure out how we opened it, maybe we can figure out how to open it again. And Green says, and release them. And Leo from across the room says, and who knows what else. And they all turn to him and Black is like, this is good, keep it up. I'll check things back at the office. Page me when you have the answer. And he leaves. Leo says that he's leaving too and orbs out, telling Piper that he's going to follow him. Yellow says, what is he? And Piper says, he is none of your business. Okay, so since this is supposed to be a joint effort, what is your contribution? And Green says, perhaps it was the combination of our chants that opened the vortex. And Phoebe asks what language they were chanting in. He says that it's a dead language they sometimes use for ceremonial purposes and him and Phoebe are going to share their chance with each other and Piper's going to work on the potion and Yellow's going to watch her in the kitchen.
1: So I love this whole situation. Leo just in the background his kind of like concern and him still butting in a little bit while they are just I feel like a little bit in denial where they can tell that these guys are about business and a little more serious than other demons, but they're kind of convincing themselves that, oh, it's probably just some type of demon working for the source, but I'm sure they don't expect that a whole apocalypse is going to happen, you know, and maybe thinking that they can work it out once they get proof back. I'm kind of in this denial that things could be worse than they are and that maybe they should look into it a little more before they do something that might be really wrong
0: yeah definitely and i'm interested to see like once they learn who these guys are if their reaction to we have to save prue is going to change stay the same kind of what that journey will be for them because i think at this point they're figuring you know whoever these guys are they can stop them with the power of three kind of like you're saying So their only concern here is getting Prue back, whereas Leo, I think, does have that wherewithal to say, hey, maybe they're completely unvanquishable, let's think about this. And at the same time, you know, following that guy because he doesn't trust them.
1: Right. You know, it does make you wonder, though, how they kind of don't already know, like, I mean, how do they not know at this point? I mean, you got contacted by your counterparts, by evil people who were saying, hey, these guys are important to us. Like, you know, we should work together and get them both back. And his bosses are just like, oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They didn't know that it was the horsemen. They didn't have to kind of bring that up that they're both of high stature or something like that.
0: Yeah, maybe it's just like they want to but even if they want to leave them with free will, I don't know why they would hide information from them. That's also, I like when it comes to Leo's bosses. I always have so many questions, um, and I wonder if the show will ever answer any of those questions, or if we'll always be kind of left in the dark like this.
1: Yeah, I will. I, say... I am curious to see. Go just ahead. as just as we continue watching, um, because obviously we're starting to hear more and more about these them up there his bosses and kind of get to figure out I mean I would hope that in the future we learn a little more about them but I wonder if we're gonna kind of get all of these questions answered or if we're gonna just be left with more questions you know what I mean
0: yeah absolutely one other thing in this scene I also really love Piper's line like of course they're hiding something they're evil like I thought that was so funny I really like yeah her and like Leo's little banter here I think was really cute really relationshipy and it really works for me
1: agreed I love how we see this time and time again throughout the show Piper's whole attitude with Leo like she does not give a fuck you know She'll be so rude to him and it's so funny because Leo will just take it and it cracks me up every time.
0: Yeah, and I feel like he really tries not to like step on her toes, whereas she like does not care. Like she will go full in. Oh yeah.
1: So it's not my problem. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. And, and I do like the the banter between all of them, the horsemen and the girls here, and still the mistrust. We see more of that. Kind of cocky energy and those subtle, the light arguments, but then they all kind of start coming to the conclusion and just kind of slowly start to figure things out. Yeah. So now in the office building, we see Black walk past the painting and Leo orbs in behind, and then one of the guys in white who is kind of obviously working there. Sees him and he's like, Hey, who are you? And Leo punches him and goes into a room with him.
0: So that was so hilarious to me,
1: me too.
0: I'm like, All right, Leo, take him out.
1: Seriously, one hit. Show us that. Show us that World War II Leo we've been waiting to see.
0: Has one fight with Dan, all of a sudden, he's like, Badass.
1: I know, seriously, like, where'd all that come from?
0: So then we're back in the living room, and Green and Phoebe are sitting on the couch, and he's kind of like, oh, it's your standard chant to destroy the common witch. Clearly you're a no common witch, though. And she's like, thank you. And he starts translating it to her, and she says, now being the bad guy and all, you wouldn't happen to be lying to me, would you? He laughs, and he says, well, being a bad guy and all, would you believe me if I told you no? And they're being all smiley with each other. Are they flirting?
1: Phoebe and her dark side. I swear, she loves this shit. And like, why did I ship them? Like, I was feeling it. I was like, okay, yeah, well, it, was, it, was, it was entertaining. Can't lie. I
0: was like, oh, like I don't think they're gonna be an epic couple, but I could see them like hooking up. I could see it happening.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but at the same time, she don't she don't need that. Phoebe True. Phoebe could sway, or he could. I mean, you never know true what an
0: interesting storyline if he had like gone from like horseman to like good guy because he fell in love with Phoebe
1: that would be awesome (laughs) that would be pretty cool
0: honestly Phoebe's the type of girl I would give up my evil life for I would throw it all away to be with her so how could you not but I do love that line, though. Clearly, you're no common witch. Like, okay. That, that's where I was <laughs> like, this is flirting. He wants her.
1: Yeah, that is definitely flirting. But also, knowing the bad guy, I mean, you know, that—that that is kind of just the way they act with that charm. And we've seen in the past that Phoebe has fallen victim to that, that she's got that kind of darker side to her or mm-hmm. is attracted to bad guys kind of thing yeah now back in the office building people are working at desks and the guy in black says i don't like these numbers at all i gave specific instructions to spread cholera especially in central asia what happened and then leo walks in in the guy's uniform the one that he punched and he's watching kind of trying to blend in and he's like i'm asking you a question if somebody is vaccinating these people i want to know about it find out now And then he walks to another desk and talks about smallpox spreading in Venezuela. And he walks up to a board, and it has the guy's pictures and their names and colors on it, as well as this omega symbol. And the one in black is death. The one in red is war. The one in green is strife. And the one in yellow is famine, which is what we see on the board. And he has the symbol tattooed on his neck.
0: Yes. So first of all, anti-vax king right here. Um he's like if someone is vaccinating these people,
1: I wanna know. <laughs> I wanna know about it. <laughs> oh boy. He said, fuck those vaccines. It's crazy to think that could be uh maybe someone just failed in twenty twenty.
0: Yeah, right. Maybe it was another apocalypse and that's where
1: COVID came from. Ooh. Seriously. The COVID. conspiracies over here. That was them trying, but they failed again. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, Using
0: death as kind of like somebody spreading disease is interesting, so that works for me.
1: Yeah. I wish we got to see a little of all of their... I mean, we got to see Strife causing issues and War kind of, I guess, generally doing his thing. We saw on the TVs and death, but... Nothing with famine yet. Yeah. I guess he's starving people somewhere. I know, that's what I was about to say. Like, what is he just hiding food? Like, I don't... <laughs> what is his... I mean, what he's is his probably,
0: role? like, you know, like, destroying crops and stuff so people can't...
1: Oh, yeah. All right, that would make more sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's just, like, putting it away in the pantry where they can't
1: find it. <laughs> yeah, that... I guess you're right. <laughs> Oh my god. But here it's just us kind of finding out a little more about them. We're seeing Leo learn who these guys are and know what to come back and tell the sisters, basically.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think for anyone who, like, didn't know yet, now you definitely know who they are. Yeah. So then we're back at the manor and we're in the kitchen and... We see the guy in the yellow ties itching his neck and he has the same symbol tattooed. Piper sees it and asks, is this a tattoo? And he's like, yeah. She's like, what does it mean? He's like, nothing, it goes with the job. And he asks what she's doing and she says that she's recreating the potion. She's like, I think it might help to get Prue and And he's like, our friend. She's like, back. So what are you four up to? He's like, you really expect me to answer that? She's like, well, we're supposed to be working together and we don't know anything about each other. And she smiles, and he's like, I know you're a witch. She's like, and you are? He says, not. Look, we just want our partner back. That's all you need to know. It's all business, just like it is for you. And she says, no, she's our sister. It's completely personal. And he says, every mortal's weakness. That's why you always lose. And she kind of, like, starts grinding up the herbs.
1: Weird to me that he said that, though. Like, they haven't lost yet (laughs) no literally I was thinking actually they
0: always win literally always win what are you talking about it doesn't make any sense and also as we're like gonna find out it's you guys that always lose like we even found out before like other horsemen have failed like when have you won babe yeah I
1: know I was thinking the same thing like what do you guys were just talking about how you always fail or everyone else has failed so how is it that the mortals lose every time?
0: make it make sense no literally but i mean overall i thought this was a cute scene i like the dynamic
1: me too i love how he's so it's kind of like the opposite you know um where green is very much the one who's like talkative smiley and like all of that with phoebe where phoebe's kind of trying to be a little more closed off and serious and here it's like piper is kind of like I don't know she making light of it she tends to do that too when she's has to has these interactions with evil where she makes light of it and starts joking around a little or like trying to talk to the guy and he's very stone cold serious and it's just kind of funny to see the opposite uh that going opposite ways you know
0: yeah something tells me like If we're thinking of them as, like, businessmen, like, I think that, like, Green is a sales guy. Like, he's very good at, like, being, like, kind of, like, shady, but in a charming way. Whereas, like, this guy, he's definitely, like, a money guy.
1: Oh, yeah. Green is the one sitting there uh, getting you to buy, (laughs) getting you to buy the product, you know, convincing you. He's the one that flags you down in the mall and is like, hey, just test it out. Five minutes, It's all I'm asking for. (laughs) So now back in the living room, Phoebe says, so we both did our spells at the same time, but we did it on the wrong people. So I think that we, and then he's looking at her and smiling and she's like, am I the only one that's working here? And he's like, have you ever, have you always been a witch? And she's like, what? Why? And he's like, I don't know, something about you. You ever been a demon? And she's like, I think we need to get back to our chance. And he's like, meaning yes she says no I have never been a demon and he says you know we're not that different and she's like no we're both trying to undo the other side and he says I wanted the challenge and then she said I think I figured out how good and evil mix together I know how to undo that and he smiles and they look like almost like they're really flirting like they're about to kiss or something the way this is this conversation's yeah. going um then Prue's spirit appears by the stairs and goes past Phoebe, and she gasps and it gets her attention. But he doesn't know what's going on, and he's like, "Are you all right?" And she's like, "Uh, no, just a little queasy." And then she watches Prue's spirit go over to the spirit board behind them and start spelling something out. When Red Spirit flies past and knocks the pointer over, and then, you know, obviously them both hearing this get up and green's like what's going on and phoebe's like i don't know and he's like what did you do and she's like i didn't do anything what did you do then piper and yellow come in and they ask what happened and get no answers and yellow asks if they have an answer yet and phoebe's like reverse polarity and he's like in the pentagram and she says and in the chance if we stand in opposite points and say the opposite words in the chance save instead of vanquish and so on And Green says, that will reopen the vortex, we will get them back, and we can get back to business. Phoebe says, and we can get on with our lives. Then Green wants them to get all organized and meet up at 6.30, because they have an appointment at 7, and them two head out, and then Piper says, okay, what really happened? And she's like, it was Prue, she was trying to spell something out on the spirit board, but all I got was 4-H-O. And she's like, 4HO? Four hours? Maybe she feels that's all the time she has left. And they both just kind of look worried. And then we see the black screen with the apocalypse countdown again, and this time it says 49 minutes.
0: Phoebe and Green at the beginning of the scene, I really liked their interaction here. Um, how he's kind of distracting her from their work, but also it's because he likes her, right? He's like, have you ever been a demon? Like, ooh, you love her. I know. And like, she's like, for her. no.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't been a demon.
0: Which, I mean, technically true. She's never been a demon. She's been, he didn't ask if she's ever been evil.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a different question, really. <laughs> I don't but know I why. Like I like how
0: she, like, immediately goes to get back to work. Like, she entertains it for a minute, and then she's like, okay, I know what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Gotta feed into it a little. Gotta give him a little something. And I like
0: how, like, she's good at playing kind of, like, the secret here. Like, she's like, what did you do? Like, when he's like, what's going on? Like, I love that. I thought that was really well played on her part, because obviously don't trust him.
1: Right. Obviously don't tell him that you knew that was happening, that she was trying to spell something out, so.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the way they're planning now to reverse it by doing the opposite, it makes sense to me. It works- plot-wise, so I'm interested to see how this plan will go down.
1: Yeah, me too. It definitely, it definitely worked for me too.
0: So then we're at the office building, and Leo's walking past some TVs with different news reports, and he walks up to the board and sees the chart with their names and numbers, and he's like, it can't be. And then we see the guy who he stole the clothes from come out, and he's saying there's a security breach and, like, points at Leo and says it was him. So, Leo orbs out, and Death's like, never mind him, keep working, we're running out of time.
1: So, here now they know that someone was watching them, but they don't seem to be too concerned about it.
0: Yeah, part of me is like, that's literally the only reason I'll accept this scene, because otherwise it seems pointless, because, like, we already knew Leo was gonna find out, but, like, kind of seeing that no reaction from death was interesting, which is the only reason I'm like, okay, this scene works.
1: Yeah. So now we move to the manor in the kitchen, and Piper is working on the potion while Phoebe is sitting on the counter. And Piper asks if she's sure that they'll do their half. And Phoebe seems to think that they want their guy as badly as they want Prue. And then Leo orbs in, and Phoebe says that they have everything figured out. And Leo's like, are you sure? And Piper asks what he's wearing and where he's been. He says, I just followed the black tie to his office. And Piper says, Leo, they'll think we don't trust them. And he's like, and you shouldn't trust them, Piper. They are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And she's like, that's what Prue was trying to tell us. And he tells them that saving Prue will bring on the end of the world.
0: So I like this scene. I mean, I feel like it's really just pushing the plot forward. But it works for me, and I think it was a necessary scene, so I don't have anything positive or negative to say about it, honestly.
1: Yeah, me neither. It wasn't anything. I mean, it's just the girls finding out the answer. Exactly. And that's about it.
0: So then we're over in the conservatory, and the girls are sitting at the table, and Leo is standing kind of across the room from them. He's saying, I don't believe you. Piper says it doesn't change anything. We would help the source himself if we thought we could get Prue back. Now I have a question about that. I know the source has been mentioned in front of them before, but I remember the last time that the source was brought up, Piper was kind of like saying how we don't know who he is and we don't really care. So like, when did they find out more about the source?
1: That's what I was thinking too. I was, I was going to bring that up to you because I was like, do what, am I like forgetting something that we might've talked about? But that's what I was thinking too. I was really confused when I heard that because what do you, what, you don't know anything about this source still. You should still be very confused.
0: Yeah, because I'm like, I think the writers just completely forgot that we never actually like we learned about the source, but the charmed ones never did.
1: Yeah, and,
0: and even we know didn't know that much.
1: Yeah, exactly. Even though the audience didn't get to hear that much about it, but I guess you have to wonder. Leo must know a little about the source and who he is. Leo knows the history of, like, the good and evil and all of that, and he knows all about the hierarchy of demons and things, because he's been doing this for long enough. So, I mean, I guess we can assume that Leo sort of explained to them, like, oh, he's, you know, this really bad guy who's kind of really high up in this hierarchy. Yeah, I guess. But we don't we don't really get too much information. yeah, but I can't imagine why Leo wouldn't have told them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's something that they should have included in the show. like so. it's an
0: exposition that
1: I feel like would have
0: actually been useful in some way
1: exactly. but but whatever,
0: yeah. So anyway, you know, Leo says that the Omegos tattoo that they have means the end, that they'll start the apocalypse as soon as they're reunited. And Phoebe says, I thought dodging the Y2K bullet bought us more time on the whole apocalypse thing. And he says that New Year's wasn't the real millennium, that there were errors when the monks converted the calendars, and that the real one is tonight at 7. He's telling them that they can't let this happen. And Piper says, Leo, we know what we're doing. And he gets mad here. He says, no, you don't. You're thinking like sisters, mortal sisters. And she says, well, what are we supposed to think like? He says, like the Charmed Ones, you have a duty, she says, to save our sister. And Phoebe says, look, Leo, we've made up our mind. We're going to save Prue. It's not like we could beat them without her. And he says, only the Source can vanquish them, Phoebe, for failing. And he names historical events where horsemen have failed before and were replaced. He says that this is the closest any team has ever come. And Piper says, then we obviously need Prue to beat him. He says, oh my god, you have not heard a thing I said. And he sits down, he says, look, I love Prue too, you know that. But just like when you went to the future, you saw that sometimes there are more important things than saving your sister. And Phoebe looks away. So another question I have. When we watched the episode where they go to the future, Leo literally said in that episode that he didn't know what happened, just that they had some lesson to learn. Maybe Piper filled him in sometime off screen, but... Leo doesn't know that, so that's my first- that's my second beef with
1: this scene. I didn't think about that, you're right. As far as we know, he's still got zero information about that.
0: Yeah. Like, maybe him and Piper had a conversation at some point, but, like, that's the only way he would know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That doesn't make too much sense. I mean, although that line still should have hit a little home to them, because they did learn this lesson before,
0: Yeah, and and I feel like they're always bringing up that lesson, too. Like, it's one of those ones that's really stuck with them.
1: Yeah, the whole uh, protecting innocence, not punishing the guilty kind of thing.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I do understand the difference in that, like, when they were in the future, they knew that they could go back to the past, and, like, Phoebe could like, live again, right? Like, she wasn't actually gonna die, whereas here, if they don't save Prue, like, they think she's probably actually gonna die.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: But otherwise, I mean, I like the dynamics in this scene. I think it's really well done. I like that Leo is really fighting for his side here as opposed to kind of, like, just saying it and then when Piper disagrees, like, trying one or two more times and then moving on. Like, I like that he's standing his ground in this scene. Because, I mean, as much as I am Team Piper, I think that Leo is ultimately the one who's right.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And you can see it's kind of, um, it kind of shows just the severity of it and how how bad this situation really is. The fact that he's putting this much effort into trying to stop them shows really how bad it is. and. I feel like we see that a lot where they're the girls don't quite realize that or think with their emotions where Leo, because of his experience and what he knows, he's like, No, like this you don't understand just how bad this can get, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But um, there you have it again, they're faced with that, um you know, that this final decision. Now they have pretty much all of the information and still choose to save Prue. Yeah.
0: Exactly, which is, you know, what I was kind of wondering earlier, so we have that answer there.
1: Exactly. So then we see the apocalypse countdown again, and it's at 2 minutes and 48 seconds. Mm -hmm. And we cut to the alleyway, obviously just very few minutes before the apocalypse is supposed to happen. The horsemen are standing there freaking out that they're not going to make the deadline. And Green says that they should go and kill the witches, where Black says, I told you they double cross us. That's why they sent their man in to spy on us. And Piper says, we were doing research. It's just good business. And they walk up and Black says to kill them. And Phoebe says that they need them, that you can't end the world without us. And Green's like, so you know who we are. And she says, yeah, and we came anyways. See, on our side of things, we call that good faith. And Yellow says, call it whatever you want. Let's just do it. Hurry. And Phoebe says that they're ready and shakes hands with Green. And she has a premonition as she does this of like the world blowing up and these bombs and basically just the end of the world. And they let go of hands. And she's obviously very like strung up about this. And they all start going to their places. And Piper asks what she saw. And Phoebe says, let's just get this over with. And Green starts chanting, and so does Piper. And then she turns to Phoebe, who isn't chanting and has the realization. And she says, Leo's right. I saw what's going to happen. Piper, we can't do this. We can't be selfish. And Piper's just kind of looking at her, and Death asks why they aren't chanting. Then the horsemen get upset and tell them that they're killing their sister And Phoebe's like, there's more at stake here than sisterhood. And Piper kind of looks down. And then Green finishes and asks if they did. And Piper says no and that they won't. And he's like, we had a deal. We shook on it. And she says, that was a mistake in more ways than one. And Phoebe says, we know what you want. And we're going to make sure you don't get it. Piper says, even if that means losing our sister forever. And then the vortex starts opening. And they all are, like, confused about this, but then they realize that the source opened it. The three horsemen start getting sucked in by the source, and as that's happening, Phoebe grabs the spell, thinking that maybe they could save Prue while the vortex is still open um, before it closes. And so she finishes that, and her and War both fly out at the same time. And then the horsemen all get vanquished while the sisters stand together and hug each other. And Prue's like, thanks for saving my life. So So I really
0: liked this scene.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I was just going to say, I think that it was like a solid vanquish. I mean, it wasn't from them, but I like the way that they kind of... This moment was for them to have that realization and think about things realistically to not be selfish about this and that they were still able to save Prue and that they weren't the ones who ended up killing them, which also should bring up a little concern about the source and how strong he must be that he was able to just kind of do that, you know? Yeah,
0: definitely. It also calls into question, like, why didn't the source kill them too? Yeah. Um, Because I feel like he could have, but whatever. I'll also say that this scene for me is, I mean, you know, we've all both said already that, like, we wouldn't make this decision, but that's why the sisters are heroes and we're not, right? That's why they're the yeah. heroes of this story. That's why they're this ultimate
1: power of good. Right, exactly. So it is It is nice to see that in the end they'll do what they have to do to kind of protect the world
0: exactly because again they are the protectors of the innocent right that's their role exactly so then we move to our final scene of the episode we're at p3 and the sisters are sitting together in the alcove and we see that the club is packed phoebe says look at them they'll all live to dance another day and we and what do we get we saved the whole darn world the least we can get is a thank you you know and Leo walks up and he says, I know this has been hard on all of you. And Phoebe says, yeah, well, we sort of made it hard on you too. And Piper says, Leo, it's just, and he says, it's okay, Piper. We were just doing our job. And Phoebe asks if there's anything else. And he says that his bosses told him that it was your act of complete selflessness that stopped the source's plan from going forward. And Prue says, so the four horsemen were destroyed because Piper and Phoebe were willing to sacrifice me. He said, well, the horseman's bosses said that it was a sign that there was still too much good in the world to make the apocalypse successful. Piper asks if that means they're giving up. He says, no, in fact, they'll probably try harder from now on. And Phoebe asks if Leo wants to have a drink with them. And he says, no, they need time together, just the three of them, and leaves. Pru says, you know, you two faced an incredibly hard thing and um, you made the right decision of your own free will. And they both start apologizing and hug her. And Prue says, there's no apologies necessary. We were all just doing our jobs. I just have to deal with it. Then the bartender walks over with the same book that they had at the beginning. And he says, all right, everyone has to vote on this. What if the building was on fire? Do you save five strangers or one sibling? And they all say five strangers and smile and like cuddle closer together. And that's the end of the episode.
1: So I really did like this closing scene. Yeah, me too. I kind of like the conclusion that they came to. And I mean, you can tell even though Prue, like that idea that they were willing to give her up does kind of hurt her because she says, you know, I, I just have to deal with it. She does understand and thinks that they made the right decision at the end of the day. I like the way they kind of tied that in at the end, the very opening scene question that they had where the answer was completely different. I thought that was pretty smart. And um this was cute overall and how understanding leo is once again <laughs> yeah
0: definitely i agree with all your points the only thing i'll say though is i feel like there's a big difference between choosing to straight save like five strangers versus the entire world like i feel like i would still pick my sibling in the oh position. yeah at the
1: end of, I, w- I i was thinking the same thing i mean that wouldn't have changed my answer i would still go for one sibling but um and I was even thinking about that after like right before we were about to record I was like you know I want to know what she would think because I think even after all that I'd still pick my one sibling
0: yeah definitely but uh it works for
1: the for the storyline
0: yeah no I thought it was a cute little like bookend and it did it seems like the type of thing their characters would do because again they are heroes I also I love the Piper and Leo kind of like no need for apologies here and how understanding he is about them needing time together as sisters. And I just think the scene is really cute. So,
1: Me too. Overall, a really nice final scene. And honestly, a good episode. We did have some notes and some confusion, but I thought the episode was very enjoyable. I liked a lot of the parts in it and it, you know, the storyline, it worked for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. In my head, this episode is better than it actually was. I don't know why. I don't find many episodes like that. But I always thought of this as a really strong episode. And it's not a weak episode. It's just... It's a very not... okay episode, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely... I agree. I remember it being much more intense and longer, almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I definitely saw it being a much stronger episode, but I, I... I see, I think I'm on the same page where it's like, you know, it was nothing, nothing too crazy, but it was a good episode. Yeah, totally agree.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. And join us back next time for season two, episode 22. Be careful what you wish for.